Welcome to the yeah. What the What Podcast. Yeah. yeah. I am your yeah. host, Eric Creech, and joining me today, now that he's making sure his heart rate doesn't rise above 200 beats per minute, Kyle Whitley. He's hulking out. <laughs> We're not doing that one. We're not doing that Hulk, buddy. Oh. Not, not the yellow one? Not the yellow Hulk, no. So Is there a yellow Hulk? I know there's a red Hulk in the comics. Is there a yellow Hulk? There's a yellow lantern. Okay, that's, like, that's DC, though. I know there's a gray Hulk, too. There is. Wow. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. We're, we're on YouTube, man. This For the is first gonna, time. This is going like live on YouTube. We have a new setup. We're actually sitting next to each other now mm-hmm. instead of across from each other. I have to so, turn and look at Eric now? Yeah, we actually have to do some. I actually have to pay attention. I can't be on my phone the whole time because, mm-hmm. well, you have my phone. I do. So um, We're recording with my phone today. Exactly. We're going to improve this setup, folks. We're yeah. going to work on this, and uh, it's going to get better. But, yep, uh, we're uh, in the process of getting a, a more permanent studio put together. We are. It's so. coming along nice. Um, uh, you got some nice items in there already. I've seen a uh, Michael Jordan poster. Yes, well, that's been in there. But Video still. game systems. Yep. Uh, uh, Funko Pops. Funko Pops. I got my Green Ranger mm-hmm. last week, by the way. You and did. he is awesome. And I won Becky Lynch at our Royal Rumble you did. party Sunday night. You won the man. The man. Becky, Becky Lynch. Lynch. And Ricky won the other man. Ric Flair. Ric Flair. You know, because to be the man, you've got to beat, beat the, the man. man. That's so, how it woo! goes. So uh, I'm, I'm super excited where we have this setup here. Um, I was talking about before we went on that we, we have outtakes, so we have, to, we have to hit the record button. And, and walk around. walk around, and that's not going to make it into the main video, but we might put together some outtakes, you know, uh, for knows? each whatever. And, and This whole video see, may be an outtake. This might be an outtake. This whole podcast. Who knows? Um, but uh, super excited for, uh, yeah. for us to be back in studio. Um, we've you know Sunday was a kind of a rough day in the sport and the entertainment world. It was with the death of Kobe Bryant and his um, daughter. It's very sad. And his daughter and the the other seven people aboard that helicopter. Um, before we jump into what we're talking about, um, we've talked a little bit about uh, Kobe and his legacy. Um, you know, I know you're a Celtics fan, so mm-hmm. as a Celtics fan, um, what were your thoughts on, on on Kobe? You know, and his legacy. For me, he was one of those guys you hated because he was playing against the Celtics, right? Especially like the Celtics and Lakers rivalry. I didn't care for him, but once you step out of that, and because honestly, I'm not the biggest sports dude anyway. I just you know enjoy a good basketball game or whatever or hockey. But for me, stepping out of that, and you step out of the competition wise and look at it and say, okay, I really respect him though. He was one of the right. greatest of all time, right up there with Michael Jordan, LeBron James. Like he's going to be known as one of the greatest, and depending who you ask, the greatest of all time. So you got to give credit where credit's due. He was an amazing basketball player. And, you know, from what I heard, amazing person. I don't, I didn't know him personally, obviously, but, but yeah, I mean, he has an incredible story. Um, you know, he, his dad was a a professional basketball player and played mostly overseas. You know, he grew up being fluent in Italian and Spanish. Um, I think he spoke French a little bit too. Um, I know he was fluent in three languages and maybe in conversational in other languages as well. And he, uh, he just had this, this drive that we honestly really haven't seen since Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, the drive to be the best, this competitive balance, no matter what team he was on, you knew he was going to give 100% every night. True. And, you know, to me, that's his legacy. Like in his last game, a game that did not matter for playoff purposes because the Lakers were out of the playoff race, he went out there, shot the ball 50 times, and scored 60 points. And uh, just, you know, wanted to put up as much, you know, much scoring as possible. And to me, that's that's part of his legacy. He has the, the second most uh, points scored in a game in NBA history with 81 uh, that he did against the Toronto Raptors in 2006. Um, he uh, just a 
just a very competitive player. Uh, had a great Olympic career uh, for USA Basketball. And uh, he, he was really just – I don't know if you – I mean, I haven't seen a lot, but I know he has done some uh, videos breaking down, like, basketball and film and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's an Oscar winner for, like – you know, I don't know, don't know the exact facts, but I think someone mentioned he was an Oscar winner for something. Maybe it's producing or directing, or um, it's, I don't think it's directing. It might be producing or something, like a little short film or something. I mean, he just he had it all. And the one thing that I've just really come to know over the past couple of days was the love he had for his daughters. Sure, and um, and that's tragic in its own right. Um, so you know, Kobe well, I saw something the other day that said, or I think it was today, but that it was a comment saying. They didn't mourn Kobe Bryant as a you know basketball player right. or a famous person, but instead as a father, you yes. know, is losing a child, losing him, um, just as a parent, them losing, you know, I don't know, I'm bad with words, yeah. but a parent. We didn't talk about this beforehand. No, I just kind of sprung it on, it on you. So. But, uh, but yeah, I think they said they didn't mourn him as like a celebrity, but they mourned him as a parent because yeah. being a parent themselves, who was you know writing the story today, they were just talking about being a parent. Just that loss that you have, not only of yourself, but losing your daughter in that midst. I can't imagine any, you know, what you're do- thinking, doing in those last moments. So, it's unspeakable, and I definitely pray, um, am praying for those families, all of them involved, and you know, as the sports community mourns, uh, to remember that there were three other sets of families on there, sure. along with a pilot, and who they all leave behind families, and there was you know kids who were all traveling with them to a, I believe a, a basketball tournament, and. It's just really tragic. So, for sure, um, tonight uh, is the it's the end of, end of an era. Um, the last episode of Arrow airs tonight, the series finale. Um, I know you have not really been in the Arrowverse very much, but it did not spawn, the past couple seasons. But uh, Arrow was just it, it was incredible mm-hmm. um, because it spawned like five different television shows. That's true. That are currently on the air now. I mean, it spawned Flash. Um, from that came Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl, mm-hmm. uh, Batwoman, um, Stargirl is coming out later this year. That's mm-hmm. going to be tied into uh, the uh, Arrowverse universe, whatever. It might be on a mm-hmm. different Earth or whatever. Well, same way, like um, if it wasn't for that, Constantine wouldn't have happened, and then Constantine wouldn't have been saved by another network. Like, exactly. So um, you have things like that that you wouldn't have expected or known about so, otherwise. Uh, so. I'm excited to get back in, um, maybe not tonight, but I will catch it this week on the DVR, mm-hmm. the Hulu DVR, which is pretty awesome. Um, and uh, watch this last episode of Arrow, uh, end, end of an era. So, end of an arrow. End of an arrow. It's yes. pointy. So um, anyway, that's well, all. Actually. That's all I've got for small talk. I mean, we don't really do a lot of it, but sometimes we do a little small talk before the. Uh, we usually we're a little crazy. In. We're loud. You know, we try to be funny sometimes, and Eric hits us with with something somber. Something somber. Start that's off. Right. Well, we are excited to continue yeah. exploring the Marvel Cinematic Universe today with. This episode, The Incredible Hulk. For sure. But before we do that, okay, if you haven't, please subscribe to this podcast on one of the following platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Overcast, Castro, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, and Radio Public. And I'm still waiting to hear from iHeartRadio because I sent that in like a week ago. So. Well, we're not big. Well, we we're will. not. We're not a public radio station. But we've they, got. We've but got they eleven. Accept, they accept the podcast. So. We've got eleven without iHeartRadio. That's pretty so. cool. Uh, make sure to search for what what media. All one word. One word, ladies. One and word, and please rate and review us. How many stars? Five stars. Five stars. You can say we suck and like we hate you and you're fat. Lose weight. Trim your beard. Working on it. Whatever you want to say. 
but five stars. You know, that's five fine. stars. I'll take it. Five stars. Also, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at WTW underscore media and on Facebook and Instagram at what the what media. For sure. This episode, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, will be on YouTube. And once we get to 100 subscribers, we I'm going to break ap- some at some point. We can apply for a custom URL. Uh, right now, I think we're at 26, which, you know, we just That's 26 started, more than what we had. That, exactly. We kind of just started putting this out like a, within the last week or so. So make sure you subscribe when you see us posting about our YouTube channel so we can send other people who are new to this a little more easily to our, um, YouTube. our YouTube by saying youtube.com slash what, what media. Also, one more thing. If you like this episode or any of the 32 episodes of the What the What podcast, then we have another request. We're trying to grow the show, and we want to get more listeners, and we need your help. I mean, simple as that. Um, my daddy always Put said, don't, don't be afraid to ask for help, so we're asking for help. Put it out there. Um, tell them. Yeah. If quit, you like quit, this show. Quit waiting. Tell them. Yeah. Please ask that, we, please ask that you share, we'll share this episode with them. At least one friend. Tag us on social media. If that's where you end up sharing it, maybe you share it at the water cooler. I don't know. Do they have water coolers at uh, Air We do. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have a water cooler at my, my work. It's not technically a cooler anymore. Like, there's literally a line that runs from the water to this, like, giant thing that looks like a water cooler, but you just. But it's really not. You press the button and it cools the water. So it technically is a water cooler, but it's not the giant thing you're envisioning. Yeah. It's little paper cone cups on the side. But if you tag us on social media, we will give you and the person you shared it with a shout out the next time we record, which will be in two weeks. Yep. On today's episode, we are diving into the Incredible Hulk. Yep. Here is a huge spoiler warning. A huge. A huge, huge spoiler warning. Spoiler I was going to say spoiler in, but the word huge was there, so I tried to fit it in a there. Huge spoiler warning. Um, while the Incredible Hulk is our primary focus, we will be going deep. Deep. Possibly discussing details from any of the other 22 MCU films, Marvel television shows, which I have in my uh, deep dive section today, and comic books from which the source material came from, taking the entire saga into account. So if you haven't seen this and you want to not be spoiled, don't go to Disney Plus. It's not on Disney Plus. No. But go find you know someone who has a DVD, borrow it, and watch it, and then come back and listen to this. You know what I am? I'm dedicated. Yep. Because you told me Kevin Savigny had a copy and I could borrow it. Yes. And I rented it from Amazon. <laughs> I spent $4, ladies and gentlemen. To review this show. Some of you would say it was $4 wasted. I, I would. Some of you would say <laughs> that, you know, I could have bought something like a four for four at Wendy's and had a better time that night staring at a blank wall. You can get a two for five at Wendy's now. But we're talking about $4. That's we're true. not talking about That's $5. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'll i say I'll en- I at least enjoy it $4 worth. Fair enough. Fair enough. So with that in mind, what the what? Smash. Well, that was good. Yeah, I thought so. We're going to jump into our basic... It's better if you would have actually smashed like, the Yeah, desk. but these... Uh, w- by the way, before we... We want to thank Kevin Savini for donating his uh, Ragnarok Hulk, Avengers Endgame Hulk, Professor Hulk, and then Hulkbuster uh, from in, um, Avengers Age of Ultron. I think the Savignis are big Hulk fans. They are. Well, I mean, he's a big uh, Funko Marvel fan. He's got... A, I need to take a picture and show it to you um, tomorrow because he's got a ton of Funkos on his piano at work. So what you're telling so, me is we need to take all of his stuff that's what I'm, and put it that's in That's what I'm going to end up doing. Ricky has an Iron Man that he won at the Royal that's Rumble true. one year, so I'm going to take that for... Um, 
when we do Iron Man 2 next month. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, so thank Start you. Start grabbing and stealing these from Kevin yes. and be like, oh, I forgot to bring. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to bring. While I'm at it, can I bring the other one home? Yeah. So um, thank you, Kevin, for lending those out. Thank to you, us. sir. Um, the Incredible Hulk is a 2008 American superhero film based on the Marvel Comics character The Hulk, produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Universal Pictures. It is the second film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Thus, while we're doing this episode second, the film was directed by. Louis Latire, and I know I butchered that last name, but I couldn't find a pronunciation online, so whatever. With a screenplay by Zach Penn. Stars Edward Norton as Bruce Banner. You're getting loud. You know how loud you just got? That was really loud. That the springs underneath this table <laughs> vibrated. Edward Norton as Bruce Banner. Alongside Liv Tyler, Tim Roth, Tim Blake Nelson, Ty Burrell, and William Hurt. After the mixed reception to the 2003 film, Hulk. Marvel Studios reacquired the rights to the character. The director who had expressed interest in directing Iron Man was brought on board, and the work began on the script that would be much closer to the comics and the 1978 television series of the same name. In April 2007, Edward Norton was hired to portray Banner, and he also rewrote the screenplay in order to distance itself from the 2003 film, and it can establish its own identity as a reboot, although he would go uncredited for his writing. Uh, the filming mostly took place in Toronto uh, from July to November 07, and over 700 visual effects shots were created in post-production using a combination of motion capture and computer-generated imagery to complete the film. Some basic info for you. That's, that's a mouthful. It was a mouthful. Tons of it. What happened in this film? Should I tell them? I mean, if I mean, you it, haven't watched it, you're probably not going to. Yeah, so... Um, you didn't even watch the whole thing. I really didn't. I've seen it before, but I didn't go back and rewatch it because, you know, I mean, why? I, I know. <laughs> no. I spent $4. $4, and you didn't even watch it. I'll reimburse you or take it out of the uh, What the What account, you know, the yeah, pay for the, the one that we hosting. Have yeah, exactly. Um, so, in the movie at Culver University in Virginia, General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, great nickname. Can you name your kid that? Like, I might whenever name, you have one. I, yeah, I might name my kid Thaddeus or Thunderbolt. Or just Thunderbolt. That's I like that great one name. Better. Or you could do um, a Thunder Lips, like yes. from Rocky. Uh, but he, he have me- twins, Thunderbolt and Thunder Lips. They were, that they're destined to be superheroes. They at are point. at that point. Uh, one's going to probably be a villain. That's fine. Yeah, maybe both. They're both villains, actually. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Thunderbolt Ross meets with Dr. Bruce Banner, the colleague and boyfriend of his daughter, Betty, regarding an experiment that Ross claims is meant to make humans immune to gamma radiation. The experiment part of a World War II-era super soldier program that Ross hopes to recreate fails. Who could and that have been? What was that superhero? To, I don't know. So, you know it's probably like, might have been military-related. Oh. I bet he was a captain. Mm. You know, of what country? I think America. Okay. Um, but that, uh, that experiment fails, and the exposure to gamma radiation causes Banner to transform into the Hulk for brief periods of time, whenever his heart rate rises above 200 beats per minute. The Hulk destroys the lab, surrounding area, killing several people inside, injuring the general and Betty along with others outside, and he becomes a fugitive from the U.S. military and Ross in particular, who wants to weaponize the Hulk. Five years later, he works at a bottling factory, Banner, in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, while searching for a cure for his condition. And on the internet, he anonymously collaborates with a colleague known only as Mr. Blue, He's learning yoga to keep control, and he's not transformed in five months. I even have a little counter mm-hmm. on the screen, last transformation or last you know, incident or whatever. Mm-hmm. After Banner cuts his finger, a drop of his blood falls into the bo- a bottle, which is eventually ingested by an elderly consumer in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, played by who? 
Mr. Stanley, folks. Giving him gamma sickness. Using that bottle to dra- track down Banner, Ross sends a special force team led by Emil Blonsky to capture him. Banner transforms into the Hulk, defeats Blonsky's team. And after Ross explains how Banner became the Hulk, Blonsky agrees to be injected with a small amount of a similar serum, which gives him enhanced speed, strength, agility, healing, but also begins to deform his skeleton and impairs his judgment. Banner returns to Culver University, reunites with Betty. He's attacked a second time, and again, that causes him to transform into the Hulk. The ensuing battle outside the university provides, uh, proves futile for Ross's forces, and they retreat. Though Blonsky, whose sanity is faltering, attacks and mocks the Hulk. The Hulk severely injures Blonsky, okay. and he flees with Betty. After he reverts back to Banner, they go on the run. Banner contacts this Mr. Blue, mm-hmm. who urges them to meet him in New York City. This is actually the cellular biologist, Dr. Samuel Stearns. And he tells Banner he's developed a possible antidote to Banner's condition. But after a successful test, he warns Banner that the antidote may only reverse each individual transformation. Stern reveals that he has synthesized Banner's blood samples, which Banner sent from Brazil, into a large supply with the intention of applying its limitless potential to medicine. Fearful of the Hulk's power falling into the military's hand, Banner wishes to destroy the blood supply. Blonsky, who again took that other serum, he has recovered. They thought he was going to die. Yep. He is fully recovered. He joins Ross's forces for a third attempt to take Banner into custody. They succeed, and... Bruce Banner and Betty are taken away in a helicopter. Blonsky stays behind, and he orders Stern, Stearns to inject him with Banner's blood as he covets the Hulk's power. Don't try that. Yeah, like, don't inject yourself don't inject with, with anyone else's blood. That's gross and very unsanitary. This experiment mutates Blonsky into Abomination, which is a fantastic name for That can be your third child. Third child. Thunderlips, Thunderbolt, and Abomination. Yeah. A creature with size and strength surpassing that of the Hulk. He attacks Stearns, who gets some of Banner's blood in a cut on his forehead, causing him to begin mutating as well in a thread that we have not yet picked up on in the MCU. It's coming. It's coming, I hope. In his new monstrous form, Blonsky rampages through Harlem. Realizing that the Hulk is the only one who can stop Blonsky, Banner convinces Ross to release him. He jumps jumps from Ross's helicopter, transforms after hitting the ground, and after a battle throughout Harlem, the Hulk defeats Blonsky by nearly strangling him to death with a chain, but spares his life upon hearing Betty's plea and he leaves Blonsky for Ross and his forces to arrest. After having a peaceful moment with Betty, Hulk flees New York. A month later, he is in Bella Coola, British Columbia, and instead of suppressing his transformation, he begins to transform in a controlled manner with a slight smirk. But wait! In an end credit scene... What are those again? It's a uh, credit scene, or a scene that happens after an end credit. In an end credit scene, Tony Stark approaches Ross at a local bar and informs him that a team, you know, a little grouping, a collective unit, mm. is being put together. Might as well. Kyle, what are your thoughts on this movie? I'll tell you how much I remembered about this movie before I went back and watched it. Okay. I remembered that Edward Norton was in American History X. He was fantastic in American History X. That's as much as I remembered about this movie. Like, that's it. Point blank. Edward Norton, American History X. And that's it. So I, uh, I went back and I watched it. We, uh, I was trying to remember what we ate that night. My wife and I sat down, had a meal on the couch and watched Incredible Hulk. Uh, and we enjoyed it. I'll say it's one of those things. After you've seen so many Avengers and Marvels movies now, 
to go back and look at it in that light, sure, it doesn't hold up. It's no. not great. It's like some of our first episodes of the What What podcast. Yes. They don't really hold up that well. No, not at all. But uh, you go back, though, and I think back to other movies from the, around that time period that we watched growing up that you just enjoyed for the fact of it just being a fun movie that happened. It wasn't part of a bigger universe. It wasn't part of some giant thing. It wasn't something that was amazing that you kept, you know, for months waited and waited for this to come out. And then after, you know, you waited for the next one, like, what does Tony start talking about? Like, it's not the world we live in now. You didn't go home, even in the movie theater, you didn't pull up a cell phone and be like, is there an end credit scene? You didn't have any of that. You just went to it. You had a fun for an hour and a half, two hours, whatever, ate some popcorn. We're like, you know, okay, that was all right. And then went home. Uh, so I think in that mindset of going back and watching it, sure, I enjoyed it. It was cool to see uh, the Hulk in a different manner. A lot of times all you see him in in these newer movies is more, you know, you see the smarter side of him now, obviously. But uh, you didn't see a lot of, you see him get angry and you see him have a little bit of emotion. Versus this whole movie is about his emotion and his journey through that emotion. I really liked Edward Norton in that role where he could have those moments. Now, sure, some people, you know, talked about it was just too emotional for them, for him being a, a Bruce Banner and being the Hulk. But I really enjoyed the fact of showing a side where he's been given these powers and he does not want them. This is the last thing right. of it. Like, you don't see where Iron Man, you know, builds a suit and that's what he's building towards. Captain America's puny all his life gets, the, you know, the serum becomes super soldier and then you know, goes on to save the world. Bruce Banner is given this. It's not something that he wants. And he's trying to get rid of it. And he has to change his whole life because of it. Yeah. And uh, so for me, it was kind of cool to see that side of it. It would be cool to have seen the next movie after, to see now that he's finally getting some control of it. And now, which we do, you know, you see him, you know, in Avengers and all the other movies going forward. But to kind of see, like, where their direction was going with that one, to see, like, if he got it under control in that sense. Because even later... You know, you're seeing, you know, with Mark Ruffalo doing it, he does get some control over it. He does get, when he gets mad, you know, he lets him out. But uh, I don't know. It's cool to see. Like, and I like Mark, Mark Ruffalo's. We'll talk about that probably a little bit later. A little bit. But um, for me, I just enjoyed it for what it was. Like I said, it's not something I really care to go see again. Uh, and it's not something that, you know, I'm going to go out and buy now that I've seen it. But I think the same way about, you know, I'm a big Fast and Furious fan. Are they great movies? No, not in no. a long shot. But uh, it's fun. Yeah, like yes. it's a, some fun thing to watch and be a part of. And honestly, for me too, to go back and see it now versus seeing it back then, I'm looking for all these little hidden things that even back then in 2008, they were already thinking about throwing in there. These right. little clips and little, you know, just tiny little things thrown in there, especially even the very beginning, just all the little like Easter eggs thrown in and the whole like little changing sequence. There's a lot there. Right. Uh, and just little things throughout the rest of the movie that you're like, oh, I caught that, or oh, this, or all oh, that. You know, even Erica turned to me at one point where uh, he's trying to find some clothes to wear, and she like found the biggest pants she could, and he was like, purple, really? <laughs> no, I got past. And like Erica turned and looked at me and kind of laughed, and <laughs> she was like, huh, they did that. Um, so it's it's cool to see the little things like that. Uh, but I say, you know, it's not. You know, you had the the Dark Knight out at the time. You had. Batman Begins. Iron, Iron Man came out the month prior yes. to this. So if you're looking at it in that realm of things, it's, it's a lot different yeah, movie. It's not going to hold up compared to those. And you, I don't know the budgets for these films. I didn't look at it. But if you compare Iron Man to the Hulk, you know, Iron Man, anything that's CG and definitely animated stuff looks very at least real for the most part. Now, we talked about you know some stuff doesn't hold up as much. But the Hulk, for the most part, for what it was for 2008, still held up pretty well. 
in his action scenes and in other things. Uh, but I don't know. It's hard to compare. It's definitely not. It's probably one of the lowest ranked Marvel movies of all time. I was going to say, um, you know, I mentioned when we did Iron Man that I uh, ranked all the MCU movies prior to seeing Avengers Endgame. So mm -hmm. this list does not have Avengers Endgame or Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm -hmm. But uh, of the other 21 movies that had been out at that time, Incredible Hulk was number 20 on this list for me. Um, and here's what I said about it on Twitter that day. It's kind of fun, but forgettable. Sure. And I, that's pretty much kind of how it, uh, how I pretty much sum it up in uh, my estimation is, fun chick, uh, fun chick, fun flick. <laughs> you and your words today. I know. I'm not very good with my wordplay today. Uh, it's a fun movie. I enjoyed watching it whenever I did watch it originally. Mm -hmm. um, but it's forgettable. Even in the MCU, other than Thunderbolt Ross, who comes back in Civil War and a couple yep. other things, um, and will be a part of um, the uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. No, no, uh, Black Widow. Oh, yeah, yeah. In May. Mm -hmm. um, other than Thunderbolt Ross, there has been really no real connection to the rest of the MCU. Um, so in that estimation, it's, it's forgettable, not just by me. But by the MCU itself. Even the writers and stuff. Yeah. I mean, they even talked about a little bit, even like what Tony comes in and talks about at the end. And I don't want to like spoil anything. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, not in the spoiler sense of that, but I'm as yeah, far as anything else we're going to talk about. But uh, even some of that doesn't hold up. No. Like his whole conversation, it the first sense, in credit yeah. scene that he came in and talked about, doesn't hold up now. Yep. Um, and I feel like, too, though, it's cool to see that, that even they could have gone with it. Not necessarily that scene, but like this movie still. They could have gone with the things and the thing like the way it played out. They could have continued it on further into the the actual universe. But just to think, like see it now and think back to all that they were going through and planning farther ahead at this point to know he's first, he's next, you know, and all the things that come from that. You know, I don't it, think that was crazy. really in play then. Like, yeah, because this again, these movies were filmed around the same time. They came out within a month of each other. And so, they didn't expect Iron Man to do nearly what it did. Definitely. So it was thrown in there kind of as a fun little nod, mm. but I don't know if they really had, like, they had, like, aspirations for a big mm. team, team up, but they weren't really sure what form that was going to take. Mm -hmm. So um, you mentioned Edward Norton as the Hulk. I think Edward Norton's a fantastic actor. I loved him in Rounders, loved him in American History X. Um, I think he's, he's phenomenal, okay? I personally did not like him as Bruce Banner. That's just me. Okay. I think he's a fantastic actor who did not fit the role here. Um, and maybe that's just because I first saw the Hulk in The Avengers, which was played by Mark Ruffalo. Mm -hmm. Maybe my attachment comes from that. I don't know. Um, but I just, you know, I didn't like it. Um, I thought he did his best with what he could, but it just wasn't the role for him. What do you think? I liked him. Um, but I also just like Ed Norton. But... I'd like to see Mark Ruffalo in the same situation for me. Right. It's one of those things that you see Mark Ruffalo later in what they did with the Avengers, and I don't know that I can see Ed Norton doing that. Yeah. Because it's just two different ways. The same way that with this movie, he went in and changed a lot of things to make to make the movie better for what it was, because a lot of stuff they even had at the time wasn't that great. So they went through and did a lot of things to make it better. But I don't know. Like it's hard to say. Like it's for me, it's its own movie, it's its own world type thing. I know it connects to everything else, but for me. Looking at it, I really like the emotions that he could pull from some of the things. Right. Uh, that I don't know if I would have gotten the same from Mark Ruffalo, just because I haven't seen that similar type of emotions in these other movies. Uh, not that I'm bad. I mean, you've had, and I'm sure if I went back and watched every little bit that the Hulk's been in the movies, yes, I'll probably be proven wrong. Right. But for me, 
it's fresh on my mind seeing this one versus seeing him as, you know, Endgame was the last time I saw him. Right. So he's a completely different character by the point that we've reached him now. He's like, you know, Absolutely. Professor Hulk and stuff. So you get a totally different character. You know, it could be the same guy that transforms over, but for what it is, I enjoyed it. I don't know that he necessarily would have carried over. It's it's hard to imagine him in a room, you know, with Tony Stark and, you know, Captain America and Thor and Black Widow and Hawkeye. It's, it's hard to imagine him there. So... Sure, you know, it probably just worked out the best way that it should have. But yeah. I, it, I didn't ever get upset with the fact he wasn't Mark Ruffalo while watching it. No, it's not upset. It's just, again, I just felt like the role didn't fit. I mean, That's fine. So, um, anything else uh, about the movie? Or should we go ahead and jump to the next segment? Well, don't make me hungry. You oh, wouldn't yeah? like me when I'm hungry. hungry. Wait, that's not right. I love that. Though. Let's I, just get into I our had best for, scenes. I had forgotten that. <laughs> That's uh, Obviously, like, I don't even know. Truthfully, I don't know if I've ever seen this movie until I watched it the other day. Right. Because. Uh, you would have remembered that. In my mind, I thought that I went and saw this in theaters. Like, in my mind, I was like, I went and saw this opening weekend. I don't know that I did. I remember, I know that I went and saw Iron Man. Now that I've seen it, I don't know that I ever went and saw this one. I feel like I remember the previous one from what, like two thousand three. Yeah, like the um, the Angley uh, Eric Bana. Yeah, cult. see, I remember that one, and I remember even then going and watching it, and it was cool because it was a superhero movie. Yeah, that you didn't get the same way you get now, so it was cool for that. But I want to say now that I've gone back and watched this movie, that's probably the first time I've ever watched this movie because I feel like oh they're doing it again. Oh, it's cool, it's Ed Norton, and then I skipped it. Yeah, so it's so. cool to go back and see, but the whole. You know, you won't like me when I'm hungry. That's yeah, kind of my that, life in that, general. That's a funny I got to this part in my life because I've lived by that motto. You would not like me when I'm hungry. Well, I'm hungry all the time now because I can't eat. So, <laughs> Hey, but may, okay. maybe the Hulk was diabetic. Maybe he know. was. Who knows? Um, what are some of your favorite scenes from this movie? Uh, There's a lot of ones I actually liked. Uh, I liked... This mic is really getting on my nerves. We need to fix this. You hear that? But, um, it's getting on his nerves. On my nerves. So, you wouldn't like me when I'm... When you're on his nerves. On my nerves. Anyway. So, uh, scenes. Scenes. I like, it's an overflowing thing or over the whole movie. It's not one particular scene, but I really like how he's doing his best to control himself because right. he knows that it could cause a lot of issues. I like to see that part in the beginning where he's, it shows him learning these breathing techniques or seeing this other guy that's doing crazy things with his stomach that like, my stomach doesn't even get flat. So to see a guy who it's completely all the way in and sucked in and doing all these breathing things to like calm down quicker it was cool because it was cool to see that type of thing where he's doing whatever he can to prevent this because in his mind he keeps thinking about where he hurt the love of his life right? and he wants to do anything you know he can to never do that again. Um, so I love watching those things. Uh, I'm old school. I put everything on paper still because if it's on a computer, I'll get distracted. Well, also, if you put it on that, the, the audio will crash sometimes. Yeah, so. we've got a, Eric's working on upgrading his computer, which well, is awesome we'll, of him. We'll see. Um, they're you expensive. Know. So if anyone wants to donate like a um, iMac, you know, Go like, for a, it. like a late 2015 model will, will be suffice. It if you if you're one. watching us on YouTube right now, but man, they stink. Then like grab yeah. us a Gra nice computer. Grab us nice we'll get better. IMac. You know, we'll we'll, we'll yeah. get better. We will. There's a part of it too. I like the scene that we first see the Hulk, not the very beginning, but you see him where they're hunting him for the first time and they're tracking him down. I like how they did it almost how you would see in like a horror movie where you saw bits and pieces of him but you didn't see the whole thing. Like he's in the dark, he's in the shadows, he's grabbing them, pulling them in. 
throwing them back out, like random things. And it's the same way you see in a horror movie where yeah. you see bits and pieces, but you don't see the full character until a bit later on in the movie. Well, at its core, mm-hmm. the Hulk is a horror movie That's true. character. It's I mean, true. it's you know, it's a it's a monster who can't control his rage and kills people without mm-hmm. intentionally. I mean, you tell me if I'm wrong. That's a horror movie right there. That's I mean, true. So, uh, and I, I like I how they it was interesting it, how they shot that. You know, mm-hmm. um, you make those comparisons, kind of really sets up the I guess the angst of what the Hulk or who the Hulk is, mm-hmm. um, and it really kind of sets up. Uh, Bruce Banner, you know, trying to cure it. You understand why more now because he doesn't want to be a horror movie character. Sure. So it's cool to see that though. Uh, and so that was one of my other favorite scenes. Um, there's the one where he's they've got him out in the open and they're mm-hmm. firing on him with everything they've got. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool to see him fighting back first off to see what he's capable of. Uh, but to see when all of a sudden here comes in the airstrike and mm-hmm. Liv Tyler, like the love of his life, is coming in. And he bow, you know, crouches down around her to protect her from Betty his, Ross, but Liv Tyler was the actress. Liv Tyler's like who it is for me. Right. Uh, but he comes in and he like wraps himself around her to protect her. It just shows that you know, even in that craziness, the anger that he has, he's the still loves, in there. Yeah, he's still in there deep in there with the love of his life there. He's not gonna hurt her. Right. And he goes out of his way to protect her. Uh let's see. And then there was the one too where he you briefly mentioned it earlier where he jumped out of the helicopter. Yes. I love that scene because at this point he's already taken that medicine or shot or serum or whatever the the whole uh, procedure like the po- that he had. It wasn't just the one thing, and he's in the plane or the helicopter and looks down. I think it was a helicopter or plane. Yeah, it was helicopter. Helicopter, but he looks down. You know the abominations down there killing people, tearing up you know Harlem and everywhere else in New York, doing all these crazy things, and he realizes that he's the only way to stop that. But he doesn't know if he's the Hulk anymore because right. he's taking this stuff. He doesn't think he will be anymore. And he still takes the chance. And he so. stands with his back to, you know, the open out of the air, looking at, you know, mm-hmm. Betty, Liv, whoever you want to call her, yeah. uh, but talking to her. And then he takes the leap. And not knowing, is he going to turn into the Hulk and, you know, live, or is he going to smash into the concrete? Yeah. And we see him smash into the concrete. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing is, as that, the Hulk comes crawling out of that. Yes. Um, and this was actually a nice little. Um, this was actually called back to in Thor Ragnarok mm-hmm. when he was pushed out of the spaceship. That's true. Or when he jumped out of the spaceship to become the Hulk, and mm-hmm. he just kind of hits the ground. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, so nice little uh, callback there. Um, my base, best scene uh, is simply the final battle between the Abomination and Hulk. I thought it was incredible when we were uh, watching the Royal Rumble Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Brock Lesnar in there, you had mm-hmm. Keith Lee, and you had Braun Strowman. Do you remember what mm-hmm. I said about that? I love a good Hulse battle. Hulse battle. That's Hulse right. Hulse battle. Okay. That's a good word. For those of you that aren't from the South, Hulse is a good word. Start using that Stop in Romania. You, start using Hulse, yes. Um, I love you love a good Hulse battle. I love when two monsters go up against each other for dominance, you know, just to see who the best one is. Um, a little side note, one of my favorite recent WWE matches uh, was at SummerSlam 2017 where you had Brock Lesnar facing Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, and Samoa Joe. All four of those guys are monsters. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, you know, to see these behemoths go at it was incredible. Same thing here. You've got great words for yes. big dudes. Hulses, behemoths, behemoths yes. monsters. Um, take, take your SATs, kids. Um, so just watching the Hulk, who was huge, and then Abomination, who's even bigger, just go at it is a really good visual for me. And I thought the battle was really, really well done. So. One thing I will mention too, it's not necessarily because it's a, a great scene or something, but it, it it made me realize how strong the Hulk is. Uh, here he is when he's fighting uh, Blonsky out in the open before mm-hmm. the whole like airstrike happens or whatever. He kicks him. Yes. He's like standing right there at him like it's a slow walk up. 
Dude kicks him. <laughs> and he, he goes flying, hits a tree, and then the next scene later, they show him like nearly every bone in the guy's body is broken. broken. And it's not a typical guy. This guy's been injected with that serum that makes him, you know, stronger, faster. Pretty much PF flyers, but in a shot. Yes. But uh, he takes that and still gets every bone broken in his body nearby. Nobody expects him to live. Even the general comes in, you know, they want to show him or talk to him about that. And he said, oh, you know, does anybody know the next in kin? Yeah. You know, because then, they're going to call him and he's yeah. standing there perfect, he's ready like, to actually, go. I'm, I'm good to go, man. I'm good to go. Uh, I thought that scene where Hulk comes and just kicks him, just a little kick. And yeah. then he just goes flying was incredible. Well, it made me think, though, like, here's this guy in this serum, you know, I say serum, but super strong. He's been, you know, extra stuff given. And it was just a simple kick and that happened. It made me think to all the other movies when you see Hulk in action. Think about when he grabs Loki by the feet and yes. is smashing Loki back and forth. Uh, how much stronger Loki's body must be. Oh, yeah. Because you realize, like, this guy's injected with a ton of stuff. You got the scene, too, where he, like, punches Thor or whatever, like, out in the woods, I think. Is it him or? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's him. But uh, there's other scenes, too. But just to think how powerful... The Hulk well, is, and even how powerful the rest of the cast is yeah, later. To be able to take it. To see how they well, can Well, I mean, as Loki succinctly p- pointed out, I am a god. I will not be. Yeah. And then he gets, and then he gets rag- smashed. Ragdolled. But, uh, Puny god. But to see, like, he technically, you know, if he had been a human, all of his bones would have easily been broken. Definitely. I imagine he'd just been snapped in half at that point, but Definitely. it didn't work out. But uh, that's what stood out to me. Yeah, so that's all I got for best scene. Yeah, so here's something interesting. Possible gamma sickness, oh. I have to say. Okay. Milwaukee. Man drank one of those Guarana sodas. Yeah, that works. You wrote it. Guess it had a little more kick in it than he was looking for. And every episode from the running the Infinity Gauntlet series, we will take a deeper look at one of the elements that plays an important role in the movie and in the entire saga. So with that in mind, Eric, let's take a trip down to the Avengers compound. Nice. And how about you teach us what we need to know about gamma radiation in the MCU? All right, so gamma radiation... Is a type of radiation being tested by Bruce Banner when he was exposed, turning him into the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Bruce Banner experimented with gamma radiation in hopes of making soldiers immune to radiation poisoning as per his agreement with Thaddeus Ross, and he accidentally turns himself into the Hulk in the process. So that is seen several times throughout the series. Uh, in The Avengers, the Tesseract was mentioned to emit traces of gamma radiation leading to the recruitment of Bruce Banner. That's how he gets involved in that That's movie um, to assist in finding it. When Tony Stark and Banner discuss their relative handicapped, so to speak, Stark cites that the Hulk saved Banner's life because any other human would have died absorbing that much gamma radiation. Gamma radiation was also emitted from the complete set of Infinity Stones when activated, as noted by Bruce Banner in Avengers Endgame. He says it's mostly gamma. He was made to do the snap Mm -hmm. um, to bring everybody back. Gamma radiation can also be found in the Marvel television shows as well. In Agent Carter Season 2, Episode, The Edge of Mystery. Gamma radiation was fired from the gamma cannon in order to close a rift created by an atomic bomb. Have You you saw Agent Carter, didn't you? Yeah, I really liked Agent Carter. I really, I wish we could have got a season three. It was really good. I liked it better than S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, well, in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. pilot episode, gamma radiation was one of the components of the centipede serum, an item des- designated to give a person superhuman abilities. The rest of the components are the extremist virus, which is uh, a variation of the super soldier serum, and technology from the Shatari for injection. This serum played a notable role in several season one episodes. In the episode, uh, season one episode, The Only Light in the Darkness, gamma radiation was fired from the gamma power reserve in order to end the threat of Blackout, a.k.a. Marcus Daniels, mm-hmm. who was a man with the ability to uh, manipulate the dark force. And he was doing that against Audrey Nathan. 
Do you know who she is? She was the cellist that Phil Coulson had been seeing prior to the events of the Avengers. In fact, uh, Pepper Potts set him up. You noticed that uh, in one of the Iron Man movies, I believe, mm-hmm. she's setting him up with the cellist. This is that cellist. Okay. Nice little callback there. Nice. Um, he, um, Marcus Daniels was being bombarded with the gamma radiation, and that caused him to explode. A little bonus fun fact there, too. The actor who played Blackout, Marcus Daniels, um, the actor's name is Patrick Brennan. He made a cameo in Captain Marvel where Nick Fury and Carol Danvers were talking in the bar. And that was done intentionally as Executive Vice President of Production Victoria Alonso responded to a fan who pointed out the connection by simply saying, You noticed? This tied Captain Marvel in with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 1 and fleshed out that backstory of this one-off villain just a little more. So, mmm, the smell of stale beer and defeat, you know? I hate to say I told you so, Kyle, but that Super Soldier program was put on ice for a reason. I've always found fun facts more reliable. So let's slip on the Infinity Gauntlet, and let's look at six, one for each Infinity Stone, of our favorite observations and insights from the Incredible Hulk. Kyle, I'm going to regret this, but you go first. I don't have any. Really? Yeah. You don't have any? Yeah. You don't, uh, have, you don't have any fun facts? I had one. But we already talked about him. Well, technically we didn't. I'll, I'll do my one. See, we're Eric, supposed to have six. <laughs> you've got five. Yeah, but I but mean, I'll make this one. Uh, number six: Ed Norton, Mark Ruffalo. So we talked about it earlier, you know, as far as who we liked better. But the question is, what happened where Ed Norton ended up here, never came back, and then Mark Ruffalo joined the gang and ran off over here. So uh, there's a couple of reasons behind that, okay. or at least been said anyway. Uh, there was said, you know, that he wanted more money and that they didn't want to do that. There's, you know, and there's probably a little bit of truth in all of this, so I'm just going to, like, throw them all out there and then you just take it for what it is. Uh, there was also the part of he didn't want, you know, he didn't like where they were heading with all the characters. He didn't necessarily, or not even his side, the studio side of didn't think he would play well with a big group of, of a cast right? other than just himself. I uh, didn't think that would work out well. And then there's the other side of it, too, where he even said that he didn't want to, you know, latch on to something that was going to last for so long because he was other things he wanted to do in his career. And, you know, if you're going to say you're going to do a superhero movie, especially with something as big as what the Avengers and Marvel is now, you are you could be, you know, tagging along for something for decades at right, this point. Right, definitely. So, you know, and you have to take that risk as an actor. Is that what you really want to do? And so he decided he didn't. Uh, there were things, too. I, I read that he had said, I won't even say in the last couple of years, where he came out and said again that he really liked the way that Christopher Nolan did Batman. And he was hoping to continue that on with the Hulk, to have kind of a series, too, to see more. You had the beginning of how he kind of became the Hulk, and you were just kind of getting into the point of him controlling the Hulk at least a little bit, and then right. it was gone. So he did have that kind of hopes. He didn't really like where they were heading. Um, I'm sure you're out there like, what about this? Or that's not true or blah, blah, blah. Like, it's all a mixture. Like, there's multiple things that have been reported. So if I have to see it, you know, if you got multiple sides talking about it, there's probably a mixture, a little bit of all of that compiled into one. Uh, but that's kind of where I was at. Uh, but fun facts, typically I'm better about fun facts, but uh, this movie just doesn't have a ton. Not a lot of fun facts. And <laughs> Well, so, you can read mine. I mean, you have them on your sheet, right? I do, but but you did the hard research. That's okay, but I, I like the back and forth. So we'll, we'll let that be number one. Get I'm going to read uh, this first number one on my sheet here, um, So, but it's actually number two. Obviously, 
the one actually attached to Ed Norton's body when he's playing Bruce Banner is Ed Norton's own face. That's true. But unlike in Ang Lee's Hulk and every subsequent appearance by Mark Ruffalo's Hulk, the actual Hulk's face wasn't modeled on the actor playing Banner. Typically, the process for rendering Hulk took the starring actor and used motion capture to get Hulk's expressions while also making him look vaguely familiar. But because Ed Norton hadn't been cast when the effects uh, works kicked off, the team from Rhythm and Hughes could not scan his face. So instead, they turned to celebrated Hulk artist Mike Diodato on the suggestion of the director. You can read number two. I will say, just to add that briefly, I actually like the way the Hulk looked in this movie compared to like the first one. Right. Uh, and I like how Mark Ruffalo's does resemble him and everything else. But it was cool to see, if you are going to put something out there, it did resemble the comics. Like It looked like something that could have come out of the comics. And of course, he's looked multiple ways in the comic books. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I like the way his, he actually looked in this movie. Uh, so this will be number three, but it's number three listed as number two. The Hulk movies have paid uh, homage. Uh, I thought it was homage, homage, homogenous to the movies and TV. Maybe it's homage. Who knows? I don't. That's a, your fourth child. Homage. Yes. Um, but they uh, pay homage to movies and TV shows of Hulk's gone by over the years with Lou Ferrigno appearing in some form of uh, every modern Hulk. He came into cameos in Lee's Hulk and in the Incredible Hulk. He played the voice of the Hulk in the Avengers. Uh, but he's not the only Hulk actor to get a nod in The Incredible Hulk. 1970s Hulk Bill Bixby gets an obscure cameo when Bruce is seen watching TV. One of the films he flicks by is The Courtship of Eddie's Father, which starred Bixby, who played David Banner for the 1977 TV adaptation. All right. um, Number four. You're not going to read the next part? Oh, is there another part? There's just one more paragraph oh, there. Sorry. Next page. Yep. Uh, on top of that, we get a musical nod to the show as the score reuses music from the show as Bruce moves from town to town. Uh, Paul Souls turns up playing Stanley and the proprietor of a pizza shop. He voiced Dr. Bruce Banner in the 1960s Hulk animated series. Yeah, there we go. Now number four. Now number four, which is listed as number three. Um, number five will be listed as that little star thing that's hmm. there. So, uh, The very start of the movie is supposed to ease you in and let you compose yourself for the inevitable escalation at the end of the first act. In particular, the opening credits should be a fairly easy ride that you don't have to pay much attention to. Not here, though. On top of the fact that we see a retelling of Banner's Hulk origin to retcon the one in Ang Lee's Hulk, there are some notable Easter eggs in there. For a start, the sequence uses the same X-ray shots of Banner's gamma-irradiated skull that was used in the 1978 series. The credits also own the Danger, or D in parentheses, Anger clip to that show, and the Banner's green eyes are also a nod to Bill Bixby's version of that character. There's also a nod to Tony Stark. You ever heard of that guy? Yes. As we see the blueprint for the sonic cannon that appears later in the film, they're credited to Stark Industries. Who knew? Who else? Uh, number six. Number no, five. five. Number five. In a world. <laughs> number five. Uh, I keep looking up because we have a light above our camera, and yes. I, I go blind every time I look down. Yes. So number five. Uh, one of the less surprising cuts... Yeah, that's what that yeah, word that's says. It. Yep, cuts. Uh, came when the studio opted not to use the sequence that sees Bruce Banner head to the Arctic to commit suicide. It's the same sequence that Mark Ruffalo's Banner refers to as his lowest point in the Avengers, but it was clearly never going to fly in a PG-13 with a family audience. Uh, unfortunately, that robbed us of Captain America cameo, too. Uh, the sequence has been described in detail from cut material and saw Banner in a truck driving through to Ar- the Arctic. He tells... The driver to stop gets out and then attempts to kill himself with a pistol. Inevitably, it doesn't work as his arm won't allow him to shoot himself before he transforms into the Hulk. 
At that point, he would have smashed the yeah, would have smashed the ground, breaking into icebergs, revealing the frozen body of Captain America. He also gets another cameo in the film as a portrait of him as seen in General Ross's office, which changes the Civil War story. When you think about it, Ross was willing to imprison his idol. Uh, I did see there on YouTube. You can go and actually see this clip. Yes, uh, they did put it out there, uh, and you don't really see the whole body of Captain America. I did see you know something that kind of freeze frame. You see the something, shield, yeah, yeah, but. Uh, I get it. You couldn't put it in this movie, but it is a powerful scene. It gives you an even bigger in-depth look at how much he was just, he did not ever want to hurt anybody ever again. Right. And so he was willing to kill himself to get away from never doing that again. Um, I'm not promoting that by any means, but at the same time, to see the full emotional range that he went through yeah. because of this, um, I don't know. It was just, it improved. I don't know. I don't want to say improved the movie, but like, you going and see this, you just get it even deeper it's respect. It's a deeper for emotional um, scene there. So. Yeah. Number six. As in the sixth infinity. Song. Yes. That post credit scene, bringing Tony Stark into the end of the Hulk story, was a nice addition and a good moment for fans. But it's essentially nonsense, as we mentioned earlier. Thanks to changes in the direction of the MCU, pretty much everything Stark says in that scene makes no sense. He's there to recruit not the Hulk, the abomination See. as a member of the Avengers, which was always a bad idea, and to offer the team services to help deal with Hulk. The suggestion there is that Hulk was going to be the bad guy in the expected Avengers team-up movie, which was still very much uncertain at this point. Additionally, the abomination was going to return as a supporting villain in one draft of Avengers Age of Ultron, but he was cut at the end. You know... I know a few techniques that can help you manage that anger effectively. You zip it. We're walking right into our social media shout outs. Okay, fine. Walk right into them. What you, guys were, you guys were awesome today. Uh, you, you guys are in. awesome all the time. I mean, every time we post something, um, y'all were really good about just giving us, I mean, even on last minute stuff, we posted two things today, and we got a ton of answers. From both of you. So, both of you, as in or, or both all posts, of you. All, all of you, yes. yes. Not, not both of you. We have more than two of you. Yeah, but uh, so let's start from there. Uh, as far as the Incredible Hulk, uh, Ronald Johnson said, in my opinion, Norton was a better Hulk from the for the origin story. Ruffalo it was a better Professor Hulk. Okay, that's I, fair. I like that. I like that a lot. You know? uh, Justin Berry responded to that says, I was going to say something along the same lines. I think if Norton had the backing of the MCU, we would have never seen Ruffalo. Uh, Ronald Johnson said, I'm hoping they do a Thunderbolts movie with Punisher, Daredevil, Elektra, Thaddeus Ross, Agent Venom. I think MCU could really pull it off. Yes, uh, they we can. all said totally could do that. And he said, and I forgot Deadpool in that lineup. How could I forget that guy? Uh, Ethan Brantley, as much as we love him, he said Eric Banner was the best. No. Uh, no. Sorry, Ethan. But uh, I talked back and forth with love Ethan. Love you, for buddy. A while. <laughs> and uh, no. he, he did mention that, you know, he just regrets the fact that they didn't keep Sam Elliott. And Nick Nolte in the roles they had, and I, I just feel like okay, everybody could always benefit of more Sam Elliott. I just think you could. And see, I would say the same for Nick Nolte, who's in the Mandalorian. That's true. So, <laughs> but uh, I just totally agree with that as far as that goes. Uh, Jeremy Dennis says, as an actor, I love Ed Norton. He's like number two to Johnny Depp for me. Phenomenal actor. As Hulk, he showed too much emotion for me. Neither him nor Ruffalo were as rugged as I think the Hulk was portrayed to be. But this is opinion here. Ruffalo is a better Professor Hulk for sure. Okay. Uh, let's go on back. And you had... 
Got one more, or one more yep. comment there, and I also have a comment on Twitter. Our too. good friend Chris Rode. Chris Rode never lets us down. He says, "I refuse to watch any Hulk movie that doesn't have Mark Ruffalo in it. I think he personifies Banner better, and I do like Edward Norton, but just not in this." So, and honestly, that that verifies or makes me think even more so that I never saw this movie in theaters because right. if I did, I would have seen it with Chris because it came out. Roughly, you know, right out of high school or a couple of years, I guess. Three, but three years after you graduated, high but still, school. Like, still, we would have gone and seen this together, like right. you know. So if if we didn't see it, if he's not seen it, then I did definitely didn't see it. Then um, the one comment we got on Twitter uh, from Hunter, Hunter, by the way, Hunter Batten, is, uh, Hunter Batten, he's uh, doing um, he's doing us a really uh, great favor uh, for one of uh, one of our episodes, maybe even two of our episodes coming up in March. Mm-hmm. Um, March Madness Disney style coming up soon. Exciting things Exciting. ahead. Uh, he's uh, been putting together that bracket. Uh, he says uh, this four-word phrase here to describe the Incredible Hulk. It's mostly a turd. That's a good phrase. Can we just <laughs> can we go back and delete everything we've said? <laughs> just sum it up with that. At all, this point, we've... 52 minutes. At this point, we've been talking almost 53 minutes. Can we just go back to the beginning and say, Yo, what the what? Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie's yeah, mostly yeah. a turd. <laughs> Hunter Batten summed it up with, This movie is mostly a turd. And we could have saved you all some time. We could have saved us some time. We could have jumped into our next episode that we're Which recording tonight. really, you know, we're excited about that. I've got a headache from staring at the light. We should have just stopped. I know. Well, Hunter, Hunter, we should have gotten we should you have, much. We sooner. should have started with you, buddy. So thank you, um, and thank all of you for um, for jumping in with your social media comments this week again. WTW underscore on Twitter and what the what media in Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we really appreciate it. All right, friends. A big thank you to Ricky Lyles and Tim Ricky Hutchinson, Lyles. our wonderful and irreplaceable producer and researcher. We hope that you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did and we, that you're as pumped for the rest of this journey into the MCU films. Next month, we are going to be covering Iron Man 2. And next week, we're discussing our favorite love songs. I'm excited for that. Feels like the first time. It is. It's the first time we've ever talked about this. Yep. So until next time, a simplification, but yes... We decided to dust it off and give it another go, aiming to create a better podcast. Kyle's work was very early phase. It wasn't even pop culture application. He thought he was working on Beards and Boost. I would have never told him what the project really was. But he was so sure of what he was onto that he tested it on himself. And something went very wrong, or it went very right. As far as I'm concerned, this man's whole body is property of the What the What podcast. Stay as cool as the other side of the pillow. We love you. And we will see you next week. What the what? Bye.